This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I got a little frustrated last week and I took a little heat for it the way I vented on the podcast because uh, I wonder sometimes what it's going to take for people to wake up. And it's not just me that said that. And it, it's just that's not a recent phenomena. I've, I've been hearing that from commentators since the 70s, literally. What's it going to take for people to wake up? Who was it? Um, uh, Bernie, uh, not McCain. Oh, I forget which Bernie it was. He was a libertarian. But he kind of coined the phrase, the sheeple, and that took off a little bit. Still around, really. And I don't know if, if it exactly uh, was, was his doing or maybe he copied it from somebody else. But that's the first I ever remember hearing of it, sheeple he used to talk about. You know, when, when are the people going to wake up? He was talking about it in the 70s. And I find it fascinating here. I've been doing this podcast. We're going to be uh, next uh, stepping stone is five years, been over four years, and you know, 13 coming up on 1400 podcasts. And if you've been with me, you know the journey, right? Of what where we started from, from very humble beginnings, and then uh, months on the iTunes top charts, and Twitter was lighting it up, and all that kind of folded away. And times are a lot different, but. You know, it's funny. The truth has kind of remained the same. Not kind of remained the same. It's really remained the same. And I bring this all up with the history of this because when I started the podcast, as you know, or you might know if you've been listening for a little while, that I started with this really failed theme. Embarrassingly funny at this point, but I'll just tell you. My, my idea was bringing back the magic of old school talk radio. I don't know how I said it with a straight face. It seemed so good at the time, and it did not work. And then I switched. I switched to a single topic model for a while. And we were capitalizing on, uh, capitalizing on the value of, of search, both from search engines, but really within the podcast apps. And so by kind of tying the titles with the topic in the podcast, it really worked. I got the idea from PragerU and their short videos, and that was kind of – we did it on a podcast level. Short, some of them were 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and they would generally revolve around a single topic. And what happened was I, in the process, I guess because I'm a veteran, I was able to speak about some veteran issues and do that genuinely. And I, I suppose there's some veterans that think the way I think. And we really grabbed a big audience. And it was good times, but uh, times have really changed and people's appetite for information. Um, but, but, but coming from the, the idea of bringing back the, the magic of old school talk radio, and I'd say the, the, the next big turning point for me in the podcast was the news of the Trump dossier. And I'm not going to go go into that whole story again. I've done it so many times. I couldn't believe it. As I tied the whole story together, I thought it was it was a it was a coup attempt then. 
I guess you, it was a coup attempt when it continued after the election. It was clear then that the, um, the, the, the federal agencies had been at the very least weaponized. We had no idea the scale of it. And that was uh, to, to report on that and have it just not heard, ignored, even by, by conservative outlets. Not completely, but they never really put the story together. And then it just kind of got let go like it didn't matter. I couldn't believe I witnessed that. The next big turning point was COVID and then the election. And I cannot believe what has been allowed to take place. And it's amazing to me the corruption, the taking advantage of the American people, particularly uh, the few remaining American taxpayers. And when you step back and you look at the scale of it, the number of people involved, and how this corruption and lying is done so openly, so brazenly, that they can sit there and say to you, oh, we're going to pass a wall, the Inflation Reduction Act, and turn around a week later and call it a green deal. Just kidding. We knew if we called it a green deal that you would push it back, so we called it something else. <laughs> That's how democracy works. You, and you can't even have a conversation. What do you call You don't call that a conspiracy? Just that one act. You don't call that a conspiracy? With the Republicans reviewing this legislation, they didn't know it was a green scam. Everybody just went along, boom, it gets passed. People are asking, what happened to a budget? Just spending trillions of dollars and calling it one thing. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. There was a time when we called these things crimes. And, and you can't even have a conversation. You can't even bring it up. If you bring up any subject involving corruption or malfeasance in our government, it gets shut down. It gets labeled a conspiracy theory. You get labeled a conspiracy theorist, wacko, crazy person. It's as if uh, it's uh, not even possible. People think it's not even possible for our government to do anything wrong. That there's this uh, complete trust in government. That, and it's scary to me on a number of different levels, whatever your party affiliation. How can you say that it's, it's good that we can't even raise questions? You know, you look at the, what happened with Alex Jones. Most, I don't know about most people, a lot of people think Alex Jones is a wacko. And... It, look, he goes into some some stuff that's out there, right? But he basically gets found guilty of, I'm not sure what, in a place that we're supposed to have free speech. You know, they turned it into a slander argument. I think to myself, wow, that's the, the only case of slander? He basically gets, what do you call it, fined a, a billion dollars? A billion dollars. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Emotionally, you could argue. That's what the case was about. Hurt feelings, really. I'm not saying that maybe isn't an issue. I'd certainly like to know how that applies to other things and why it's not being applied evenly. But if that's going to be the argument, a billion dollars over saying something hurtful? Wow. Pretty crazy, really, when you think about it. But the bigger issue is why I'm bringing it up, whether you agree with that or not, that we're not going to allow 
crazy voices of dissent, seemingly crazy. Isn't that what free speech is about? You say, that seems really crazy to me. I'd prefer not to hear that. Okay. You, you don't, nobody's forcing anybody to listen or watch or read anything. But I find it amazing that we're in a time where people are essentially worshiping government, really. Idolizing, in a way. I don't know. Some people get freaked out by those terms. And, and the funny thing is, not the funny thing, the whole world is aware. You know, I've been poking around a little bit. And it's really amazing how many people around the world are, are really open and understand clearly what's going on. Not too surprisingly to me, because the evidence is clear. What evidence, you say? Of what? That there's a mass conspiracy to push a globalist agenda as a way to continue the expansion of debt. In other words, prop up the dollar, which, by the way, proves that modern economic theory is a scam. But we're not going to get into that today. Another Sunday podcast. Why are we here on a Sunday? Well, I like doing it last week. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I always like the idea of a Sunday podcast because I like listening to podcasts on Sunday, but I didn't really find much of an audience for it. And then, I don't know, I just got to the point where I really don't care. You know, I think to myself, well, what do I like to do? What do I like? It's like how I like to cook. And I think that's really the, the art form of it, to be more free. So I'm not here on a Sunday to, to push some big uh, listenership drive or more. I don't know. I just felt like doing a Sunday podcast. But the other reason is that, and you think, right, you can listen to it whenever you want. So it's, it's that's the beauty of podcasts. Um, and people will, by the way. People will. This audience, it's funny how far back. And I understand now. I understand. A few of you enlightened me on the, the different patterns of I never go back and listen to old podcasts any never have I find maybe I'm missing out on a whole level of podcast listening that I just uh, I never really thought about but the other thing is I, with Sunday you know this podcast has always been a monologue and I want to more or less keep it that way but I do have this idea of expanding the interviews for a number of different reasons we did a few recently not necessarily on Sunday. John Knotts with the New Republican Project, um, or I'm sorry, um, Rediscovering Republicanism. John Knotts, the author of Rediscovering Republicanism, um, and then uh, the, the recent book, uh, Bullied Behind Bars. Um, and we, we did interviews for both books, and uh, I'd like to do some more of that as well as others. And the reason I bring that all up today is that I want to talk about an article here leading, leading up to this, or I'll be leading up to, however you say that, that I would love to have the author on. It's a WND article, and it would have been fantastic to have the author, I think, and have a little back and forth on this. Uh, as it stands, I didn't make those arrangements, so we'll just work through what we have. And see how it goes. But it's good to be back on a Sunday. I don't know if I'll be back next Sunday. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Last week, I um, I went ahead and did a, a Friday podcast anyway. It wasn't my intention to go to six days a week. Maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll just, you know how I am. I'm very uh, podcast fluid, you might say. Podcast schedule fluid. One day I feel this, one day I feel that. It's just how I am. What can I tell you? 
My big question for today, why are so many people blind to the facts? Uh, Here's an article, for example. Uh, The New York Post. Now, not everybody likes the New York Post. Some of his ads right-leaning. Okay, but it is a credible news outlet. Do we agree on that? No, I don't know. I believe so. I believe the New York Post is a very credible news outlet. Headline, Joe Biden just interfered in Hunter's prosecution on national TV. Now, this is a, a kind of a, an arm's length tie. He said he's proud of his son. This is a Biden speaking. You know, it's funny how Dementia Joe can suddenly speak so clearly when it's about Hunter. I'm proud of my son. He was on drugs, uh, but he's established a new life. He's on the straight and narrow and has been for a few years. And the New York Post claims that that, that was a, a push for mercy. Well, I don't know. Uh, it's not as clear as the headline seems to pull together. But there's Biden talking about Hunter. And so if he's going to talk about Hunter Biden, why doesn't he answer questions about the laptops? And this is where I say, why are so many people blind to the facts? Fact! Hunter Biden had a serious drug problem. You just heard his father acknowledge it on national TV. Here's the other one that, that I see with people blind to the, You don't have to believe every conspiracy theory. I don't. I said this the, the other day. If, if you look, every major story has a, a corresponding conspiracy theory. The Las Vegas shooting, um, the, the 9-11 attacks. I'm going to give you more here. Some of them I think are plausible. Some not as plausible. What was it, the uh, Oklahoma City uh, truck bomb? Remember that, Timothy McVeigh? There's a whole conspiracy theory on that. I think one of them is that uh, there was Hillary Clinton had records there or something like that. Hmm. Uh, you know, these are some of the ones I think that reach out there a little bit. Is, is it bad to talk about it? I talk about it all the time. It doesn't mean I necessarily buy into it. I rarely ever do until the facts are clear. But here's one for you that to me was plain as day. The Biden quid pro quo with Ukraine right on video. And I told him, who was he talking about? Uh, I told him, hey, if you want the money, uh, the prosecutor gets fired. I'm going to be on the plane in three hours. Right on video. And then somehow, so nobody wanted to believe, ah, I don't know what I don't know what that's all about. I don't know what to say about it. What do you mean you don't know what to say about it? Meanwhile, those same people completely refused to believe that that Trump had no quid pro despite releasing the transcripts. In that case, they're like, no, no, I I, I, I don't believe the transcripts. You don't know. Biden just said it clear as day. You don't don't know what to say about that. Trump releases the transcript. I read it here on the podcast. Clear as day that there was no quid pro quo. And people say, I, 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 I can't, I can't, it sounds like there's questions about the authenticity of the transcripts. And if you look back, there's a conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory that's proved true. Most recently with the Trump dossier being reported, now revealed clearly that they can't hide it, that the FBI paid Christopher Steele. I reported on this years ago now. 
that, that, that he was working for the end. I think they were like, oh, it came as a surprise. It didn't come as a surprise. They were paying him, too. They knew exactly what was going on. They were part of it. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit. I have two stories from uh, World Net Daily. Have you ever heard of this site, WND.com? <clears throat> I think some of you may have. For whatever reason, I don't see WND.com circulating in some of the same circles as, say, Gateway Pundit. Um, and it gets lopped together with some other uh, things. But, you know, the, the conservative-leaning sites, it's always been very disconnected. It doesn't share the same unification as liberals, which is a real problem, strategically speaking. Anyway, if you haven't heard of it, check it out, WND.com. Let me tell you what Google has to say about WND. But before you, before you, let me just give you fair warning, all right? Just so you know what you're getting yourself into. WND is an American far-right fake news website. Boom! How's, what does that term mean? Isn't it unbelievable, the criticism that Trump took for using that term? You couldn't even use, oh, oh, oh news denier, or whatever. They didn't have that term, but... Fake, saying fake news. So here it's being flipped around. It is, meaning WND, is known for promoting falsehoods and conspiracy theories, including the false claim that former President Barack Obama was not born in the United States. The site was founded in 1997 by Joseph Farah, who is current editor-in-chief and CEO. Listen, I could I could do a whole podcast on the, on just that text I just shared with you, which is Google Snippet, it's not even Wikipedia. I'm going to share with you some of what Wikipedia has to say. But is that not clear censorship? Is that not a First Amendment violation? You know, they say, well, they have a right to just like WND and, and the New York Post. Uh, you know, they're going to put their slant, their spin on things. But labeling WND a far-right fake news website, I'd love to know, is there any labels of far-left fake news websites? Is there any labels of Islamic extremist fake news websites? How about a Russian fake news website, like RT.com? Is that the label? I don't know. I've never seen it. Promoting falsehoods and conspiracy theories. Why is that? And why is it is it a problem to promote conspiracy theories? I think it's fascinating discussion, and I think it's a good discussion. What does this have to do with anything you could say, right? Well, uh, the big one I would say, and the the, the big one that uh, World Net Daily seems to be attacked for is their birther position, or what was a birther articles? I don't know what you would say. I don't know if they do have a, a slant or a position. Well, I think you'd have to agree they do, but were they necessarily just reporting on this, raising the question? I don't know. There was no no links included with any of these accusations, which is something that I find hilarious in itself. Look at this clear, you know, where's the clear evidence of their promoting falsehoods? Just put the link right there. We'll decide for ourselves. But in terms of whether or not it's good to consider conspiracy theories, take the birther question. And I'll say this. 
Uh, I don't know what to believe. I think a lot of people rely on this idea that they just somehow develop in their own mind this expectation that uh, there's a government agency that's ensuring that there's some kind of a background check or some kind of authenticity confirmed. And I'm not aware that that's the case at all. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that there aren't investigations opened up. But uh, I think that that's been heavily politicized, to say the least. So, point being, why wouldn't Obama just use it as a great opportunity to tell his story? Trace his roots back to Kenya and explain how he ended up being born in Hawaii and show us some little baby photos so that we can just put this whole thing to bed. And he could do the same thing with his, with his husband, Michael. Just show the photos of Michelle pregnant. I just want to see one. Just one. Crazy, right? I don't know. I'm not suggesting she's a man. I know she's a big woman. You say, well, that's a real stretch to tie. Well, how how uh, racist or, or, or bigoted? Whoa, whoa, every big woman is a man? <laughs> no. No, no, I'm just saying there's a few questions, <laughs> and I don't know why, uh, you know, somebody wouldn't want to just address that that head-on, at least politically, and, and you could create such a cute story, right? Oh, those horrible conservatives who, who have attacked our family, questioning whether our beautiful baby girls were, were born by the beautiful, wonderful Michelle. Just show the photos. That's all I'm asking. The most recent accusation, I'm still getting to the story that I want to talk about, by the way. The most recent story, uh, or the, mo- uh, the most recent uh, yeah, story that, that, that WND is being uh, discredited for, I guess you could say, is their reporting on COVID-19. And this is from Wikipedia. says that in April uh, 2020, Um, The Southern Poverty Law Center reported, why would um, uh, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center be so interested in this? Well, have a listen. Wikipedia says that the the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center reported in April 2020 that WND has boosted a number of articles featuring anti-Semitic dog whistles, fake cures, and other disinformation about COVID-19 with headlines such as coronavirus is being weaponized by Soros. Now, listen to this claim. This is fascinating to me. And you don't think this is concerning? That this Southern Poverty Law Center, this terrorist group as far as I'm concerned, saying that WND has boosted a number. What does that mean, boosted? Featured, listed? What do they mean, boosted? Anti-Semitic dog whistles, that that's not an arm's length tie? But, and then, you, you, the, the, the basic, none of that really matters. The bigger claim is that WND is anti-Semitic simply for raising the question that Soros would somehow be benefiting from the coronavirus. And because Soros is Jewish, you're not even allowed to talk about it. Why would it matter? 
Why would it matter to these Jewish? Who's raising the issue of him, him being Jewish? I don't believe that it was WND. I don't think WND's uh, writers and position uh, is critical because Soros is Jew, Jew, uh, Jewish. I think it's critical of what he's doing to our country and our planet and how he's dividing people. Either way, whatever you want to believe about that, you're not allowed to question that. You tell me who the totalitarian dictators are. And they want to tie uh, a few of these together. You can read it for yourself here in the show notes. I don't want to give you all this. And I want you to check out this uh, WND.com. They had a photo I clipped in here. Uh, Maybe you heard this story. The anti-oil activists deface a Van Gogh masterpiece. They poured uh, tomato sauce. They show the can, Heinz tomato sauce. I don't know what the attack there is. Interesting American company, right? And I guess they glued their hand to the wall, and then they threw this can of tomato sauce. How'd they get the can in through security, I wonder? Uh, But the bigger issue is, look at the photograph. I have it here in the show notes. Both of these young ladies look completely demonically possessed to me. Is that a conspiracy theory? It's just my observation. I'm I'm not even sure what that means to be demonically, if I had to define it. If I had to define demonically possessed, I don't know that I could. I look at this photograph, the first thing I say is demonically possessed. You tell me what you see. I'm going to put myself right here in the in this. Uh, what did they call this? Uh, far. I guess I've become. I, I say I'm independent, just like WND. But no, I'm sure I've been labeled far right fake news podcast. I guess I get to join the ranks. Here, this this is going to push us further down that path, because we're going to use the word Christian. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yep. Uh, this article, I have the link here. You can find it for yourself pretty easily at WND.com. Memo to Christians. Here's what's really at stake in the midterm elections. So it caught my eye because it said uh, memo to Christians. And this author, I believe, had something critical to say about Gab. Don't quote me on that. Uh, which is kind of fascinating in itself. I know I don't even know if I want to say critical, and I'm not sure about the tie there. So uh, I could be completely wrong about that. I didn't get a chance to verify that. But either way, memo to Christians. Here's what's really at stake. And why Christians? Horrified what has been called the, this is what he has to say. This is uh, David. Uh, I don't know how to say the last name. Capellian? I'm going to give him my best phonetic shot there. Uh, Like I said, I would have loved to have had David on here to discuss this. I think it would have been a great interview. Uh, Horrified what's been called the Sovietization of the Biden administration, including the shocking criminalization of dissent and the weaponization of the FBI. Those agents daily arrest, intimidate, and persecute the regime's political opponents. Tens of millions of Americans anxiously wonder whether November's midterm elections will bring any positive change or direction for a once great nation now careening towards total destruction. Do you realize the magnitude of that statement? <clears throat> Is that a run-on sentence, by the way? I think it might be. A couple of hyphens in there. I think that's a run-on sentence. I should be an editor. <laughs> Quite a profound statement, though. The Sovietization of the Biden administration. What does that mean? I've said it a million times here. The Bolsheviks. The, this is what we're dealing with, Bolsheviks here in this country, maybe planted by former Soviets. Uh, 
the shocking criminalization and dissent and the weaponization of the FBI, whose agents daily arrest and intimidate and persecute the regime's political opponents. It's not limited to the FBI. You've got attorney generals planted around the country wreaking havoc. It's uh, legal um, terrorism, political terrorism, I call it. We have political prisoners in this country, but yet people ignore it. Tens of millions of people, I agree. I agree with what he's saying here. Tens of millions of people, is is there going to be any change? And I can kind of tell by the mood and the tempo of the podcast that people aren't overly optimistic that it will. I think that there's a good chance you're going to see a shift to a Republican vote. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I don't know if it's going to be too little, too late, quite frankly. Continues on. Now, we haven't gotten to the tie of the, why this is a memo to Christians, which I have to believe is mainly to attract that audience, but uh, I'll give you the, the, the subject matter tie-in as I see it anyway. It would have been great, right, to ask the author. We could have discussed this. Uh, he says, although many voices are weighing in on what's at stake in the midterms, Ironically, no one has expressed it more clearly than Biden himself during his his uh, his big speech that he gave back in September. And uh, now this is where we get down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, right? Here we go. Of course, the key to quote decoding <laughs> decoding Biden's dire warnings. Why are we always decoding things? I've said it, which I'm always playing this for. Well, I think what he really meant was this is doing that because of this and that. What are the straight facts? Listen, here's the the accusation. And you can read this through yourself in the article. You can read through the whole case that he's made. He says, consider just a few highlights from Biden's Orwellian speech. And he's saying that this is a, a, a perfect grand example of political projection, meaning he's saying that what Biden said in that speech about the, quote, MAGA Republicans was really a reflection on what the left is doing, the globalist liberals. What does the evidence say about all that? Yes, yes, and yes. When you look at what the FBI is doing, when you look at the FBI, there's no investigation. The Clinton email servers wiped away. How it, Just by simple comparison, maybe there's a liberal listening can tell me. How can, how can you say that the wiping of those servers doesn't compare to the Trump Mar-a-Lago story? How's one different than the other? Where was the, what was Trump's intent? Is anybody asking that? Doesn't even, suddenly the arguments change. The evidence is so clear what's really happening. Why? Question. Anyway, is this, is what Biden said a projection of what the liberals are doing? And I think, uh, what was the point I wanted to make? MAGA Republicans embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Who was it that said that the uh, last big spending bill was an Inflation Reduction Act? Who was it that said that? Who was it that, that spread that lie? That's just one, one of the most recent. You tell me, what does the evidence indicate? Does it support this article or not? This wacky, 
right-wing, fake news, conspiracy theorist. Why, what does the evidence really support? They can put whatever label they want on it. Oh, well, you're an extremist for questioning the, the outcome of the election. Why am I extremist for questioning that? Oh, an election denier. While the very same people claim that the elections held in Ukraine were fake. How can you possibly do that with a straight face? You can, no, what do you mean you're going to question the elections here? It's a pretty simple question. The claim is, how did all these mail-in ballots suddenly show up in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness? Pretty simple. You know, with 115% of them being votes for Biden. That's the, that's the question. Why can't there be a few forensic audits? What would be the harm of that? None, none, and none. And the very same people say, no, that's ridiculous to even question that. It's an attack on democracy. Meanwhile, out of the very same mouth, they will tell you, oh, the fraudulent elections in Ukraine. Amazing, really. Anyway, what is all the, the practical implications of all this? And I, there's another story from WND, and I want to get to this here before we run out of time. And this is a really plain example of how it's affecting this country. On, on a, and, and, and here's another one where I'm shocked that, that people are, are putting up with what's happening to our children on the scale that they are, being subjected to this uh, unpopular idea that castration and mutilation are a good thing and acceptable and that we have to bow down to it and worship it. This is a, uh, a, a, a story of, of Baal. Am I saying that right? This is a story of, um, who was it with the lions? Um, what's the story, the Bible story? Um, ah, I can't think of the, the, the book. I will as soon as I'm done. But this, isn't, this idea that people are being forced to acknowledge multiple genders it is a spiritual assault of the highest level, in my opinion. Oh, you will say that you support it. It's not enough to remain silent. It's not enough to just pretend it doesn't exist. Now they've said it. You must bow down to it. Are people going to do it? Many are. Some are pushing back. And that's why I want to use this story, this story as an example of the real-world implications of what's happening in our country right now. High school, I've talked about this story before. High school girls explain why they don't want a biological male in their locker room. Randolph, Vermont, true story. Some dude, some kid decides that he wants to call himself a girl and is going to get changed in the girls' locker room uh, with the volleyball team. It's not enough that they got to play with this stooge, right? And that's a big no-no to say that. What would be more polite? Mentally ill? I don't know. How do you know? How do you know it's just not a, 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 a rapist? How do you know? You're just going to assume that the best of the, of the male and the worst of the female is what the popular media does. Oh, you know what they did? They, they, these girls, 14 years old, this is what they're dealing with. It's an issue not many, this is what the article says, well stated here. It's an issue not many parents expect their 14-year-old daughters to grapple with, much less address publicly. 
a biologically male student identifying as a transgender girl playing on the girls' volleyball team and using their locker room. The girls, uh, what did they do? They told him no. They told him to get out. Um, And as a result, they're being investigated for, like, a, a discrimination A male was in our locker room when the volleyball girls were trying to get changed. After he was asked to leave, he didn't, and later looked over at girls with their shirts off and made many people uncomfortable and feel violated. It's not fully the trans student's fault. It's much more the school's fault, and they're failing everyone. Not just the volleyball team, not the transgender student. They did nothing to help the situation. They still aren't. They just want people to be in trouble, and they're not trying to help make a change. What what is the school supposed to do with this lunacy? You know, nobody said, hey, you know, in about five years, be prepared. You're going to need an extra set of bathrooms, locker rooms, a whole third set of sports teams. And where does it end? I mean, if you're going to have transgender, what are you going to now match up transgender versus transgender? You tell me where this lunacy ends. It's ridiculous. You wonder why we can't get teachers. You wonder why people are fleeing the public education system. And yet you have political leaders like Josh Shapiro here in Pennsylvania, which are suing to expand that very same system. They want more money pumped into it. It's our modern-day worship of idols. It really is. And it's plainly evil, polluting the minds of our children. Do people not see that? You don't have to be spiritual or Christian to see that in plain, simple terms. You know the difference between right and wrong. The Bible says that. You know that? You know instinctively the difference between right and wrong. And, you know, this idea that that love is love has spread itself into something that has become plainly evil on the highest level when it begins to be some kind of moral acceptance the, the, the mutilization, castration, and, 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 and distortion of identity for our children is not only acceptable that you have to turn a blind eye to it, but you have to say you accept it. Accept it in the most intimate way by exposing your daughter's naked body to it. Who in the hell in the right mind goes along with that? How can you possibly support something like that? How do so many people, as much as you want to say there's tens of millions of of Trump supporters, and maybe there are, what about the tens of millions of people that go along with this, that aren't even bothered by it, let alone outraged by it? It hurts my heart. It really does that it's going on, let alone the fact that you can't even convince people to to pay attention to it. Times are too good. You know, and, and this is something else that WND has fallen under criticism for. You know, you, God forbid you talk about God's wrath, God's judgment, God's correction. When you understand it and you understand what's going on, you understand what's behind it. But many people don't. You use those terms and people, people get crazy. But do you not think that there's not an answering for these things? You don't think that the actions that we take, that there isn't a future reaction? Isn't what we're living through today plain and simple evidence? That that absolutely exists, exactly what the Bible says, that we'll be punished for the generations 
what does it say? I forget the exact term. Check it out for yourself. Check out WND.com. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.